Welcome to Gun Owners of America State of the Second Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee, along with... John, and today we're here with Clint from Classic Firearms. Clint, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I am doing great. I'm excited to be here. Anytime I get to see you guys, I'm excited, especially if we're putting you guys in front of the camera, which is awesome. You guys are starting the State of the Second Podcast, right? Yeah. And Gun Owners of America. I mean, this is, this is good for me. <laughs> I love it because without you guys, I probably wouldn't have a job. Quite honestly, classic firearms wouldn't be able to do what what we do. And I see you guys all the time fighting, actually standing and fighting for Second Amendment rights. And I I am glad to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, we would love to take all the credit, but really the credit belongs to our gun rights activists, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Two million members and supporters, and that is growing each and every day. And uh, people like you who help us spread the word are so vital uh, to our core mission. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I'm I'm proud to do it. You know, I you know anytime I, anytime we, and some of because we film a lot of content, right? And uh, for those of you that might be listening, watching, whatever, um, uh, Clint from Classic Firearms, we we're not only an online retailer of firearms, two A, everything you could ever ask for the, for your range day outing, including ammunition, gear, survival stuff. You know, we, we got it all on our website. But in addition to that, we also have a YouTube channel. We do podcasting as well and all this other type of stuff. But there's often times where we're we're filming stuff. And, you know, like, uh, let's, let's say I, I talk about machine guns gets brought up. Right. And I talk about like the 1986 con- gun control act and I'm over here, you know, I'm glad this is the beginning cause I can go ahead and get this out of the way too. hashtag repeal the NFA hashtag abolish the ATF hashtag repeal the gun control act. All right. <laughs> and, uh, just want to throw that out there, but uh, that stuff will get brought up and it's kind of like, dude, now's a good time in the middle of this video. I'm just going to say, go ahead and s- support these organizations like gun owners of America that are actually fighting for your second Amendment rights, which, you know, there's. It's, it's a difficult fight. I know it is. I see what you guys do all the time. And I am very proud that you contact me and it's like, hey, we need voices on this amicus brief. We need voices mm-hmm. on this or whatever else it is. I'm like, put my name on it, put classic on it. We want to represent. We want to be part of it. So. Yeah. For those of you who don't know about our um, our coalition letters. So especially when it comes to the, the pistol brace, we submitted more coalition letters on house joint resolution 44 that we did any other time that was our, our high water mark we'll be doing way more of them in the future right. you as uh clint magda morgan magda that, morgan yeah yep. um you signed mm-hmm. our uh 2a action alliance which Probably. is our our content creator um coalition but also classic firearms joined our no compromise alliance letter sure. um basically saying you know this is an infringement on the second amendment and we were able to get it passed through the house bipartisan. Um, we knew that, you know, Biden wasn't going to, to sign it, but the main reason for these coalition letters, especially in the case of house joint resolution 44 was to blow a hole in the ATF's argument that they had the ability to redefine something, um, to make it part of the NFA. And, um, so because it did pass the house bipartisan, it really shows that that's not, that's not what the congressional intent was at all. And hopefully, you know, this will cause uh, a victory overall in the courts. Yeah, well, it's it's you guys taking actions like that, continuing to move forward with different things. It's it's And, and you guys starting a platform like this, too, to get your voice heard out there. I, I love, Ben, that you guys have on your channel doing the Minuteman uh, moment, things like that. You guys have started with uh, Tiffany, right? She's mm-hmm. got uh, around the chamber. What's One it? in the chamber. One in the chamber. There it is. And uh, love her as well and the whole team that you guys. So anytime you can get that voice out there, you know, I, I applaud you guys. I think it's awesome. And uh, if you guys, of course, need any need any help need to collaborate on anything you already know classics got your back so yeah well i mean there's two great plugs right there for two shows so make sure you go subscribe to those uh clint for people who don't know the backstory of classic firearms and your backstory and how everything started can you dive into that real quick real quick oh god all right so real quick uh (laughs) classic firearms was started by a wonderful man his name's ben he's still with the company he's actually the one that did the youtube videos before i took over about four years ago now wow (laughs) anyway so about four years ago i took over doing a lot of the videos um a lot of our viewers know ryan behind the camera you guys know him as well and he and i really worked hard on you know making more content that would be uh, a little bit more, I guess, focused on around information, education, entertainment value. Uh, and, you know, because there's there's plenty of other like online retailers that have a YouTube channel that use, you know, uh, video, social media as marketing. Right. Uh, but we wanted to take it one step further instead of just marketing. Let's actually like let's make something fun out of this. Right. Instead of saying, oh, hey, you can buy this, you know, another Turkish shotgun for how much ever money. Uh, let's actually take that Turkish shotgun. Let's run the crap out of it. 
and let's see how it performs against maybe it's, you know, it's a, a counterpart or something like that. You know, like uh, one of them that comes to mind is like the Panzer Arms M4 versus a Benelli M4. You're talking about like a $3,000 shotgun versus like a $600 shotgun ballpark-ish or something. And it's like, how do they compare? You know what I mean? And so we took that idea and that's what we've really started to do. But Ben, who started the company in the late 80s, did it by pretty much selling SKSs and Mosin Nagants out of his garage, you know, <laughs> and uh, through uh, classicarms.us, our old website, and also like... Uh, buy like in a catalog, you know? And so that's, and then he really started to focus on YouTube and using that as like almost a commercial platform to say, Hey, you know what? We've got these M14s we're selling. We got this, we got that. Check this out, check that out. And it's, and the channel has been around for about, you know, 12, I mean, goodness gracious, since the early two thousands, I think. So it's been around for a long time. And, uh, you know, we, when I took the role, we had a really good base already of about 200, 300,000 subscribers. And that, and that was awesome. And then we saw it really blow up. Um, uh, am I allowed to say COVID here, uh, during, yeah. during the coof and, uh, cause everybody was at home, you know, and everybody was kind of like stuck and trying to find something entertaining to do or watch or whatever. And it's like, dude, how about we, this, this could be a really pivotal moment in classic farms history, at least for our social media. Let's give the people at home something to watch every single day. So for 860 days straight, we put out a video, uploaded it, uh, made sure that it was fully edited. All content was there. It was professionally done, even though it was like filmed in my garage. Because, hey, we're at we're working from home too, right? I'm in my garage. It's hot. <laughs> and we're, we're filming videos for you guys. And, and one of our first videos that hit a million views was like top five guns for home defense. And it's me like literally clearing my stairway <laughs> with my Mark 18. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and that went great, you know? And so been really, you know, set in stone or has laid the foundation uh, for classic firearms and ultimately making it what it is today. And he's still with the company. He sold the company off um, uh, to our current owner, who's who's phenomenal as well, Rick. And uh, and Ben, you know, he's such a uh, he's just a wonderful guy. And his his contacts, he knows so many people. And uh, so we he you know, it was very smart of Rick to keep Ben on. And so he's still with the company. He's still making moves. He's still going to be seen at SHOT Show and stuff like that. And people love seeing Ben because he's the OG of classic <laughs> firearms. You know what I mean? And then uh, as far as I go, you know, I got into this position just by chance, really. Uh, I actually was the warehouse manager. I took that job. I was working as a payroll consultant. And I hate numbers. If you watch any of our outside the warehouse videos, which is like jokes and stuff like that and different internet challenges, and we do like, are we smarter than a fifth grader? Just watch me doing math, math equations or something. It's not good. All right? <laughs> two plus two is like seven, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. But uh, anyway, so I was working in payroll and, and I hate numbers and I was not in a good spot. And then uh, I saw this warehouse manager, you know, or actually it was a, um, uh, empl- like a, a customer service representative. And I had to turn that down because it was just going to be, you know, too much of a pay cut. And I was, I just wasn't in a good spot for it. And then a couple months later, you know, he reaches out and said, hey, what about warehouse management? I took that job, did it for a year. I was okay at it. I ran it kind of like how I ran, you know, I, I had a really difficult time because I've been, you know, a Marine for the past almost 13 years. And so I w- I've been really good at leading my Marines and managing Marines. However, you can't treat civilians <laughs> the same <laughs> that you want to treat, that you can treat your Marines, you know? And so I can't get in their face with a knife hand and be like, you're messing up right now, dude. Get your- just get your stuff together. You know, I can't really do that. I got to be a little bit more gentle. And I had a hard time kind of figuring that out. But during that time, I was on social media a little bit more. I was talking to our customers. I might have an issue with an order, trying to figure that out for them. And then, uh, you know, the, the company recognized, you know, like, hey, this is actually kind of good. You know, maybe we should actually outreach a little bit more. And so now I'm the brand engagement manager. And that's been doing what I've been doing for the past four years. And uh, yeah, I I love it. You know, I, I truly love it. And, uh, it's something I hope I can continue to do. And with organizations like you guys out there, you know, hopefully that you guys prolong that for me a little bit. All right. <laughs> well, I remember the OG site Yeah, from back in the day, Ben had joke of the day or, and, and there was yep. a Bible verse on there. That's in terms right. of, it was awesome. The yeah. OG and seeing how you guys have grown and the website has changed and everything has changed. It's great. And you, you know, we, we talked to a lot of, companies and things like that to show that you know there's an entertainment value and getting those quote-unquote dopamine hits is a great way to start marketing to people it's not always like hey buy my product buy my product it's hey there's an education piece and now they're coming to you not just more for just a product or a a good price on a product but also to learn more about the second amendment and you're building Mm -hmm. a community of people. And that's what we'd love to see. Yeah. Well, uh, dude, I mean, so YouTube is so funny because for the longest time, you know, they, they were 
they didn't, it was kind of like the wild west, you know, mm -hmm. like there were no rules, just go out there and make content, drive people to YouTube. Right. And then they started cracking down on guns, uh, gun tubers. And for a second there, you know, earlier this year, even we thought we were done. You know, we were like, oh boy, this is, this is it. Well, thankfully, um, Forge Relations hosted the Gundies and we actually met, you know, a couple of YouTube reps there. And we were like, hey, we also noticed our two strikes that we got overnight are like gone. And you know, what's going on? And there's like two reps at YouTube that are actually like pro gun. These are gun guys. And they were, they made phase or showed face at the Gundies. I was like, that's pretty freaking cool. Got to meet these guys. And next thing you know, they, they started to kind of open YouTube's eyes up and be like, hey, you know, you're, they're not, gun tubers aren't showing people how to build illegal guns by attaching a grip and YouTube's mind, you know, they're like, Hey, if you're dropping a mag in and out of a gun, that means that, well, that's a strike because you're showing people how to, uh, pretty much assemble a firearm and, and, and kill people. And you're like, dude, that's, that's not how this works. All right. And, uh, so it was really cool to actually come together and start seeing, you know, these different reps. And now all of a sudden YouTube's starting to realize there's money to be made here. Because you got, you know, other gun tubers out there like Brandon Herrera, Grand Thumb, you know, T-Rex Arms, all these other wonderful people that are putting out so much good content that it's creating revenue for YouTube. So it makes sense that, oh man, now now even us, we're monetized on all four of our channels. We got our podcast channel, we've got which is CF podcast. We got outside the warehouse, which is which is our joke, you know, like I was talking about a little bit earlier. We got the main channel, Classic Firearms. And then we got the one that we're currently working on called uh, CF Clips. And that one right there is just gonna be like our viral something funny happened, or we did something really cool and you know, we you know, mag dumped fifty cows like <laughs> I love to do. And uh, that's the type of stuff we just want to go viral. We're still working on that one. But uh but YouTube's finally opened up their eyes and they're like, dude, we were missing out because then Rumble entered entered the scene and Rumble's very lucrative, lucrative for a lot of people. And so we're happy rumbles there. Cause we're, we're a present there as well. We're doing our live streams all the time on rumble and stuff. Uh, we're, we're actually streaming to like YouTube. We were doing Facebook, but Facebook's a pain, you know, like as, as you guys, I'm sure are aware social media is, is difficult to, you know, be active on social media as a pro to a anything. And, um, you know, so I was going to say like influencer, and I know that has like a negative connotation to it, uh, we were at the, um, what, what did you guys call it uh, when we were back in Maryland in uh, December last year? Uh, oh, it was like um, that Influencers. Yeah, Influencer Summit. Yeah, and uh, which was super cool. It was really cool to see a lot of my friends again. Hang Strange, uh, you know, Guns and Gadgets. Jared is freaking awesome. John Patton, you know, just all these guys, all these, you know, heavy hitters in the pro 2A uh, social media sphere. And uh, so it's really difficult, you know, to be, you know, that in social media, but we're finding ways of working together and actually doing that. And it's cool, too, that we've all collaborated and been able to get out there and put out y'all's message as well. Whenever you're putting out some pro 2A stuff and uh, trying to fight some anti 2A stuff, it's it's cool to get, get y'all out there, too. So we're, we're making it work, you know? Well, it, people don't realize and and, and talking to uh, YouTube, I've, I've talked to the same content. It's like gun content is the number two watched content on youtube right below makeup tutorials so we fall below makeup <laughs> tutorials i, I didn't did know you, that did you not know no yeah. i didn't know makeup tutorials was like number one i was oh, gonna yeah. think like maybe cars and stuff like that but mm. then again i'm i guess i'm not the average viewer you right. know? but yeah. they see now that like hey there's a there's a big community here and people are watching this content because yeah. either for entertainment purposes like we talk about you know, admin and, and Grantham and stuff. Yeah. They do a lot of entertainment stuff. And then for education stuff, like you guys and a few other people or even reviews like Patton and, and Sean Heron and all those guys, you know, there's a lot of people watching this stuff because they want to learn, they want to know. And YouTube, just like anything else, when you try to learn something, like, hey, I need to fix my fridge. <laughs> YouTube, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Same thing with the gun content. And that's what we we want to build. We're building a community through a social media platform that's not, you know, being as uh, restrictive as they used to be. And that's great yeah. to hear. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, the irony is YouTube, you know, when they started blacklisting, you know, gun tubers. The, the irony is, is that I do believe that firearms are actually becoming more common in society because of YouTube. We, I want to normalize tactical readiness. I want to normalize owning body armor and everything else because it wasn't that long ago in, in human history that it was mandated. You were to be armed. You are going to be, you're going to have also chain mail or armor, depending on where you fall in, in your caste system or whatever else it is. You know, when you think about the course of human history, weaponry has always been a pivotal thing because unfortunately evil exists and you're going to have to find something to combat evil. Also, men 
exist. And there's always men going head to head, whether it be politicians that aren't willing to fight wars themselves, but send guys like me out to do it or whatever else. You know, the weaponry is something very important. And there are certain times throughout history where you see that a weaponry by common folk being wielded by common folk are is creates greatness. And we see that in 1776, you know, I mean, hell, just to get out here, I drove through Lexington and Concord and I was like this, I feel ready to go. I am going to, going to hang out with gun owners of America with their Minuteman logo. And I'm driving through Lexington and Concord, Massachusetts right now. I am like, I am so hyped, you know? And so it's like, dude, this is, this is, I want to make it very common that the AR-15 isn't some scary black gun. You know what I mean? I want to make it very, very common that this is something that you can ride around with in your vehicle because of some decides to start popping off rounds at any random civilian, you're able to go ahead and fight, not just equal, but have that unfair advantage and, and negotiate that threat and terminate it. You know, I don't understand why people are so caught up in like big, scary gun. We shouldn't have weapons of war on the street or anything like that. Tiffany recently just did her segment about, um, you know, um, uh, what's it getting in the round in the chamber? What is it? One, one in the chamber. One in the chamber. Yeah. Why do I keep forgetting that? One in the chamber. And she's talking about another term weapons of war. And it's like, absolutely, I want weapons of war in the street. What are you talking about? It is because of weapons of war, we are a nation, right? And so I'm going on a rant again, but, you know, if you watch any of my live streams, you guys, you know, yeah. you definitely see me getting heated. Uh, yeah, you guys were in one of them, right? Was that was that you? <laughs> no. no. Who was that was on GOA? I saw in the live stream, John Crump was a part of it too. I was like, dude, they're coming in my live stream. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, I believe that was uh, our executive vice president. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I guess sometimes I need to tone it back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good. Um, but no, I, I definitely understand what you're saying here. I mean, um, we fight in the courts based off right. of text, history, and tradition. And we have a tradition of owning firearms. Yeah. And, oh. you know, even when we go back to the bump stock case, um, one of um, Gun Owners Foundation's videos, Bullet Points, went and researched the history of pistol braces and there are pistol braces that predate the second amendment being written. Like this is something that has always been a part yeah. of gun culture in the United States. And yeah. so the fact that this was um, taken through an executive action just shows that the mandate for text history and tradition is so important when it comes to restoring our rights that have been, you know, hopefully temporarily taken from us. Well, I mean, let's, 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 yeah, let's get into the pistol brace topic because, you know, talking about getting, you know, starting rants and getting fired up over here. <laughs> um, you're talking 10 to 30 million of these victories, essentially. And I'm pretty sure somebody once said something in common use. And so I, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but 10 to 30 million sounds pretty freaking common to me. You know what I mean? And uh, so, you, and just again, overnight, we've got, you know, the ATF are making up rules on on this and that. And they're not a law making entity uh, I think there's only one, one, I think there's only one, one thing that does that. Is it called Congress? Mm -hmm. Right. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. How about that? It's not the ATF. Yeah. Right. And so the ATF just overnight can change their minds about something that they previously ruled was legal, was not falling under any type of regulation, not under the NFA National Firearms Act. Then all of a sudden overnight, they're like, actually, um, yeah, it is. And now you're a felon. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's ATF's war on plastic. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an unserialized mm -hmm. accessory. Yeah. They did it with bump stocks. Yeah. They are attempting to do it again with pistol braces. Right. And you just keep following it down this path and you're like, what's next? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's so sad that we have to be talking about a rogue agency that's been so emboldened, but it's important that we, you know, talk about it in it, plain English. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you're absolutely right. Calling it a rogue agency. I mean, at, you know, I, I don't know where we're at right now, but I mean the, the entire, um, uh, what is it? The no, um, God, it's like a no mistakes, whatever it is, like for FFLs. Mm -hmm. um, what, what was that? Zero, zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. Yeah. There you go. Like sometimes I can't think. You know, my brain doesn't <laughs> like to work. But yeah, zero tolerance for FFLs. And I'm like, hold up now. Are we going to hold you to the same standard? Because are we going to bring up Fast and Furious or not? Nah? You know, like, are, are we going to are we going to bring up maybe that? Wh wh how many billions of dollars have we sent to Ukraine? And what there's an additional, what, 60 billion or something like that sent because somebody put a typo. I'm sorry if you guys can make these mistakes. You think a mom and pop FFL that's using literal paper bound books. Yes, we deal with them. You don't think there's going to be a mistake in there and you can't offer a little bit of leniency, things like that. I mean, as classic firearms, we deal with tens of thousands of serialized items. 
And yes, we've been audited plenty of times. Yeah, it just it's about every three or four years we can kind of expect it, you know. Uh, and so they come in and it, it could be literally, oh, you have a seven punched here and it's an actually a four. Sorry, we need to revoke your FFL yeah. instead of just, oh, well, let, let's make a bound book correction. Then you you as our witness, Mr. ATF agent should be able to see that. No, it goes to show right there just how anti 2 a they are that they actually want to go ahead and put people people out of work. They want to go ahead and ruin livelihoods. They want to imprison people overnight for exercising your Second Amendment right, for ex- for exercising the same thing that they deemed legal just 24 hours period previous. Yes, they are a rogue agency. Yes, they, they, if you ask me, that's the, the actions of tyrants, and it should be dealt with, well, quite frankly. And I appreciate the steps that you guys are taking and actually to try to fight this as as well as you can. You know, I mean, it's it's. I know it's got to be a difficult fight. I mean, God, I, I see Felicia out there. She's pulling her hair out sometimes. And I'm like, dude, I feel for you. You know, like, let me let me get you a glass of wine or something. You know, like, I'll, I'll split one with you or something. You know, I mean, people need a break. And it's just ridiculous that it's the ATF, again, not a law-making entity causing all of these issues. This episode of the State of the Second Podcast is brought to you by Henry Repeating Arms. Henry, known for their high-quality lever actions, is now also in the revolver game. Check them out at henryusa.com. Made in America or not made at all. Yeah, and when you fight something in the court, it takes a long time. And that's why so often we encourage, we don't sometimes, we always encourage our our members to, you know, write a comment to the ATF, Um, you know, comment, call, send an email, show up at an event and talk to your representatives because it is so much easier to stop something before it becomes a law, before it gets enacted than it is for us to go through a court battle because they take a ton of time and a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, there are still bump stock cases. Sorry. (laughs) There are still bump stock cases that are, that are out right now. Well, we're talking about, you talked about putting people out of business, out of jobs. A few years back, there was a call with manufacturers and, dealers and everything about the pistol brace. It's a billion with a B dollar part of this industry. You imagine how many people have lost their jobs or how much of the industry they've taken away because they're going after this war on plastic. You're talking about, you know, hey, Classic Firearms, you probably have inventory of hundreds and hundreds of pistol braces. You can can literally say thousands. Yeah, thousands of pistol braces that have been sitting in your warehouse at the time of this this ruling. They're they're no good anymore. And that's inventory you have to sit on. You can't write that off. Right. You can't do anything with that. And Mm -hmm. then all the guns on top of that, you have to go back and retroactively refit everything. You know how long it took us? (laughs) Forever. (laughs) Weeks. Yeah. Weeks to be able to do that. And a lot of people, you know, will see, this is again where the the fight gets difficult because, you know, it's like, yeah, we we really want to be part of a mass non-compliance group, right? Like a movement. Uh, But it gets really difficult whenever they're sending armed agents door to door, FFL to FFL, revoking licenses and making it people and make it what they're doing is they're they're taking the fight to the dinner table. In other words, they're going to go ahead and put you out of a job so you can't feed your family. Now what? You know, and then and then I think it's going to get to the point where you're going to keep pushing we the people against a wall. And I'm sorry, but I don't think. This country has a history of, of finally saying, we're done. We're, we're not putting up with this anymore. So, I mean, your move, what are you going to keep doing? You know what I mean? Like, you're going to keep pushing up against the wall or are you going to actually like. <laughs> we talk about the silent majority. Yeah. And now the silent majority is not becoming silent anymore. They, They're we need voicing to get vocal. themselves. We absolutely need to get vocal. It's because of platforms like this. It's because, thank you, YouTube. <laughs> it's because there's a lot of different social media platforms. And this is why they want to silence us, too, because they all have a very left, you know, ideology as well. They, you know, they're whatever. Uh, but they don't want to see this silent majority all of a sudden become unmute. They, they don't want to see that there is actually a very... Um, uh, multicultural movement as well, because what people I think might be lost in a lot of people is it's it's not just your rednecks and gangbangers that are armed, right? And there's a buddy of mine, he goes by Hoodneck on Instagram. I think you guys know him. He's yeah. phenomenal. He's bridging that gap saying, we got to get this mentality out because something that I think really scares establishment, really scares, uh, you know, a lot of, I guess you could say these, these tyrants, I'm, I'm not afraid to say it, uh, are us are actually coming together as a people, not as you know white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever else, but as a people coming together and saying, hey, the Constitution and all these rights within it 
are equally applied to every last one of us. And the moment we start recognizing that it's not us against the, it's not me against you or us against them. It's us, we, the people against this overreaching tyrannical government. And we need to wake up and start actually using our platforms and saying that. Well, I, you brought up Hoodneck, Great guy. We also got to talk about, you know, at SHOT Show, there's a basketball game put on by Ken, Kenny, uh, Kenny Dobbins and AK Mario. Yeah. And that there, too, is for me, when I played in that game, it's, it was kind of a culture shock. Yeah. Because these guys are bigger and faster and stronger and can dunk on me. Well, you know, <laughs> it's not, I'm going to throw myself under the bus on that one. Uh, but what they're doing is going into these communities. Yeah. To, teaching them basketball, but also teaching them about firearm safety and showing that this is not this big, scary thing that we, you know, that these people, you know, this is not a big, scary thing that we have to worry about. Exactly. It, Tony, Tony Simon, Simon yeah. says train doing the same thing. Maj Torre, black guns matter. He's doing the same thing. And I love seeing that. I love seeing women get involved. You see Lena Mickey, like you see Jade struck, you know, they're getting people, they're getting women involved too. Again, all these different demographics need to come together. You know, all these different demographics, all these different sexes need to come together and realize that, hey, the Second Amendment especially is equally applied because the second gives every other right we have the teeth, right? Because without it, there's there's no other nation in the world that has a Second Amendment, and, and it shows, you know, and it shows. And and the our rights uh, protected by the Constitution, you know, not granted, but protected, uh, the Second Amendment gives it teeth. You know, and that's that's something that we can't lose lose sight of because the moment we do, the other ones can start to fall by the wayside because what's there to protect them? Since yeah, I think we're seeing that with gun confiscation gun confiscation orders. Um, you know, you can dress it up yeah. however you want to. the The left, the anti gun left, is so good at rebranding. Mm. I mean, red flag laws. Yeah. No one had heard that term. They created it and they're like, oh, this is, you know, this is to just make us safe, right? <laughs> that it's it's the greatest thing, right? But no, they're gun confiscation orders. It is not only a violation of your Second Amendment right. Yeah. It is a violation of your Fourth Amendment right. And it's when we allow the the culture to change, when we allow the language to change, we are putting ourselves in a weaker position to argue. Yeah. And, and so it always drives me crazy when I hear people, Oh, it's just a red flag law. Just it's like, no, it's yeah. a, it's a gun confiscation order. Yeah. And, uh, there's, you know, there's a point to be made there too. The left has always been really good at scare tactics and, and rebranding and trying to make, you know, the same, I mean, think about the 1970s. They were calling for an ice age by the year 2000, by the year 2000, it was global warming by the year 2010, it was 2020. It's, it's climate change, right? So make up your mind. What is it? Right. Uh, so they're doing the same thing in every single aspect when it comes to scare tactics and they're doing it with terminology. I mean, we've already talked about assault rifles, right? We talked or, or assault weapons, sorry, that assault weapons don't exist. Assault rifles in this, you know, a lot of people and I, my mind's going everywhere because the other problem is we've also got people within our own ranks that are ignorant of what is true. Like assault rifles do exist. And I believe that they are, that they should be legal and that everybody should have one in their house. Granted that also comes down with different responsibilities that I believe is very pertinent on in an individual, but assault rifles do exist. It's an intermediate firing uh, rifle. It's magazine fed and has select fire capability. The Sturmgewehr, STG-44, uh, the world's first assault rifle, literally defines, translates to assault rifle. So, the, yes, they do exist. What doesn't exist is an assault weapon, which people make you believe is an, a rifle, an AR-15 or something like that, right? I mean, if I wanted to, this microphone could become an assault weapon, right, if I threw it at your head, right? I mean, I'm not going to do that to you. I like you too much, John. But at the same time, you know, there's people within our ranks that say, you can't use this terminology. You're just feeding into what they're, what they're saying. And it's like, you're the one that needs to grow a spine. Sorry. You know? And so, again, we need to be vocal. We need to be accurate. And we need to be, you know, prevalent all the time, you know, with this type of information, I believe. Well, we talk about the AR-15 and assault rifle. Yeah. AR does not stand for assault rifle. It's Armalite rifle number 15. Come on. Yeah, I just, you, know, right I, you know, I don't know when this podcast will be going out, but I just recorded uh, a uh, top five, you know, gun myths. And I'm going to make that a part one because I, there's going to be so many. And of course, that, that one's in there, you know, I mean, 
AR-15, you know, I, I know that probably for this audience, we're preaching to the choir here, you know, uh, but hopefully anybody that's actually willing to think outside of the box and actually go maybe to the other side, they're going to come listen to this and, you know, they might think, oh my God, this guy's crazy. He's talking about machine guns in the street and everywhere else. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. But you also need to understand what that means, the type of responsibility that it means to carry weapons of war. Because I believe that we should all have the ability to, that it should be legal that we should, you know, and people just need to realize that, look, it's more than just gun ownership. I'm not going to say it needs to be mandated that everybody needs to seek training in order to own a gun, but I do believe it needs to come down to the personal responsibility of saying, hey, I've got this firearm, I'm going to train with it. You know, I've got body armor and everything else and all this type of cool stuff, and it's great if you do at home, but if you're not actually running drills with it and realizing really quick how fatigued you're going to get when you run with it, you're not, you're, you're, an, you're a liability. You're not an asset. Are you actually training with the firearms that you're carrying with? If you're not, you are not the asset you probably make, you think you are. Yeah. You know, and that goes for law enforcement as well. No, I, I completely agree with you. In fact, um, that kind of comes back to the core of who GOA is. We have a, a definition of what a gun rights activist is, and mm. it is someone who takes personal responsibility, yeah. not only in the use of their firearms, but in the defense of their right to own them. Mm. You mm. have to have both. Yeah. You can't operate. The world doesn't exist in, in a world where you can have one without the other. Yeah. You've got to have both and you have to think about how you're going to be that person. Yeah. Um, and so we try to make it easy. Um, and, and, educate people through videos, through podcasts, but we also have a website takes 45 seconds on average to take action. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more difficult to, to, you know, carve out some time, spend money on ammo to, to get trained, but you have to do both. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, I appreciate you guys doing that as well because, you know, it, you guys do make it easy. I mean, you actually send mail that says, Hey, here's all you have to do put this in your mailbox to contact your representative. If you feel like editing it, here's, here's the, uh, you know, the, the layout of how to edit it. And you can email right here. Here's your, you guys send it, you know, based off of your, your, you know, your viewer, your, your supporter, your follower, uh, their location. You guys make it so easy. Yeah. And I, and I say it all the time, guys, it's, it's not enough that you say, Oh, I'm pro gun. What are you doing that actually dictates that or that defines that you're pro gun? Yeah. Are you just saying, Oh, I, I am. I go to the range once a year and I, and I shoot my 22. That's cool. More power to you. But are you actually contacting your representatives? Are you actually, you know, people might not like it, but speak with your wallet too. Are you actually donating money to organizations like GOA and many others that are actually fighting for your rights? I'll say it time and time again. If you're not, then you're not literally putting your money where your mouth is. You're not actually standing up and fighting for your own rights. And if you're not going to do it, what makes you think organizations like this should do it? And then if they don't have your support, what do you... What's the point? <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 so important that people realize that if they just open up their email, oh, they yeah. can take action. Yeah. If they open up their mailbox, they can take action. If you have a cell phone, I mean, we place um, you know ads, and and we will let people know by their demographic, and you just hit a button, and it calls your congressman. And you can leave a message. I mean, we, we try to make it as easy as humanly possible. And we don't just want you to be a gun rights activist on the federal level. Mm -hmm. We want you to be a gun rights activist in your state, in your county, in your city. Yeah. Because, I mean, we led the charge and our, our members and all of the credit goes to them, led the charge on the Second Amendment sanctuary ordinances in 2020, the SESOs. And we had counties and cities all across the country, even in very liberal states, say, you know what? Not here. Yeah. We're passing this at the county level and we're going to send a message to our state that's like, you have to understand these are our rights. And to your other point, the Second Amendment is an individual right. And it is up to you whether you're going to exercise it or not. Mm -hmm. yep. And so one of the things that we always try to convey to people who might not agree with us is, you know, you're giving up something too. Yep. Like whether you want to admit it or not, you're giving up something too. Yeah. So there's a couple points that you made that I absolutely agree with because it starts local, right? Uh, look at Lauren Boebert. You know, she, she told Beto right to his face, heck no, you're not taking my AR-15, you know? And, and now look where she is. Look at Mark Robinson in, in North Carolina. God bless that man. He's awesome, right? Uh, he stood up on a podium one day and he said, I am, 
you're not taking my AR-15 from me, you know, and he went on a rant and I loved it. And now look where he is. He's a, he's a Lieutenant governor, I believe. And so, I mean, wonderful people doing all these things. I mean, look at our very own Brandon Herrera running for Congress in uh, district 23 for Texas. Right. And this man gets it. That is also the place where that faces the border, the most border connection with Mexico and Texas. And, Brandon Herrera, he's got the the heritage and the background as well, and also the intellect. Again, these are people that are legitimately putting their money where their mouth is and standing up and saying, you know what, I am going to be the change, right? And and it and it doesn't have to be. Again, who was Lauren Boebert before she stood up to Beto? Who was Mark Robinson before he actually stood up in front of that podium at that town hall council? You know, who was Brandon Herrera before he started recording himself? You know, and started actually putting his voice out there, and and so and the list goes on. They're everywhere. And so we need to keep that change happening. We got to keep that momentum up, you know? And uh, so that's, you know, absolutely, we got to get involved. And also people can't get complacent. It makes sense that it's, you know, these, these localities and these real, real liberal areas that's saying, oh, we need, we need to be sanctuary status, two-way sanctuary status right here because we see the threat all around us. Then you get these really red areas that say, oh, we're fine. We'll be okay. And then all of a sudden they're not. I mean, Virginia is a good example, right? All of a sudden it was like, oh, what, what, what's going on? Vermont, right? Like what, what's, what's happening? Now all of a sudden I, you know, wait, didn't we have constitutional carry? Why am I limited to 10 rounds? Wait, I can't even train in my backyard anymore? I mean, there's stuff happening all over the place and that's because complacency kills. I mean, that's the one thing I'm taught in the Marines is don't get complacent. It kills that, that, that trash bag you see on the side of the street. Oh, well that, that piece of trash was there yesterday. Now all of a sudden you got guys bleeding out and missing limbs because that was actually an IED today. Right. Same thing can happen right here in your backyard. But now it's all of a sudden the gun laws that you that you thought were going to protect you that are fine, that are no longer there anymore. Right. And so you got to keep that fight pressing. And, and again, you can't get complacent just because you're in a heavy red state, whatever else. I mean, look at all the Californians coming in for Texas, voting for the same thing they left California for. Right. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're Texas. We'll be fine. Yeah. I think one of the best examples of this is Tennessee, my home state. Yeah. You know, tw- uh, two years ago. We signed permitless carry in the state, mm. and now we're in a special session uh, in 2023 to pass red flag laws. <laughs> the same governor, yeah. same leadership. Yeah. I mean, no one, you, you cannot um, let your guard down. No, not, not one second. And, and let's be honest, they're, they're, they're politicians. Right. You can't trust them to begin with. And there's something else that needs to be said, too, um, before we go too much further into that is these representatives are just that they're not leaders. These aren't your leaders that you're voting for. These are representatives. And if they are actually taking you down a place you don't want to go, you vote them out. Don't keep voting for the same policies and for the same people that you don't agree with. And people, again, if you're moving from one state to the next because you're trying to leave some policies that you didn't like, don't vote for them again, right? These aren't the leaders that you're selecting. These are representatives, and if they're not representing your will, get them out. You yeah. know, We're seeing the same thing in Arizona. Yeah. Arizona has been historically red. Last time we were blue. And yeah. and a lot of people are going, don't California my Arizona yeah. because it's, it's a slippery slope. Luckily, you know, a lot of people are starting to take the stand in the area and really fight for it, but that's our biggest fear. Uh, Clint, Classic built uh, a big business on surplus guns. Big business. Uh, The Biden administration just started talking about, hey, if you make money on a gun sale, which we know, historically, surplus guns, as the supply dries up, price goes up, what do you think about that? That if you sell your surplus gun that mows in, that you yeah. bought for eighty nine dollars back in the two thousands. Oh, now it's man, worth like me. <laughs> four, four, five hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, uh, now I I can be penalized for buying smart and selling high. Yeah. So I mean, so what what exactly is it that he's saying? He's just saying that if you're making a profit, what? That you're a dealer. That you're yeah. oh, so you mean like a private sales? Yeah, 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 from, yeah. Like if I wanted to sell you one of my private collection guns, and it's you and I, you know, like which is completely legal to do. Yeah, I know you. Personally, I know you're not a criminal. I know that the firearm I'm gonna I'm gonna transfer you physically, you can legally own, and you also own very other uh, plenty of other firearms that are very similar to it. So I have no doubt in my mind that you can legally possess this firearm that I am actually physically giving you. Right. So the president pains me to say um, <laughs> is is actually saying that it would be illegal for me to do that. It'd be illegal for you to make a profit. 
make a profit. Yeah, if you yeah. so, and that's why we're going back to because surplus stuff you normally make a profit on as in because yeah. it dries up real quick. Oh yeah. Um, but if you make a profit now, you're in biz in the gun business and you're doing it illegally without an FFL. Okay. So you you bought really well, and you're selling really well. Yeah. And now you're breaking the law. Yeah. So. I know we're not allowed to cuss here and everything, but let me just say that's bull crap, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's that absolutely makes no sense because in what way? I mean, how is it? How is it that I'm infringing or I'm I'm breaking the law, but he's not by saying that? That that's that's completely backwards, right? I mean, because if I again, it doesn't matter what it is as a private sale, peer to peer, it doesn't matter what it is. It shouldn't matter even, you know. And you know, a lot of people might think I'm crazy. I take a very libertarian aspect of this, so but any dealings that I have with another individual. That's between me and that individual. I don't think the government should be involved whatsoever, right? I mean, personally, I don't even think the IRS should be even you know, involved. Uh, so that's why I say do these transactions with cash, <laughs> because if there's no record of it, then how are you gonna how are you gonna at me? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, th- there's that. There's definitely always a loophole, and uh, so you know, I'm not saying that that that's the way we should do it. It shouldn't exist. That shouldn't be a problem. You know, so by Biden saying that, like, hey, if I'm going to make an individual sale of a firearm, I mean, there goes there goes gun broker. You know, there goes yep. there goes all of these other different sites. Right. A classic would probably be fine because it's a dealer. Right. So it is already considered a dealer. So it'd be safe in that in that regard. But me as an individual, if I want to sell an AR-15 of mine, if I want to sell an old 1911, if I want to sell this or that, it shouldn't matter as long as I know that it's within reason uh, that the person I'm transferring it to can legally possess this firearm. Right. It's not going to a felon, stuff like that. Right. Right. So changing topics slightly. We have seen so many times it threatened that, you know, you can't do online gun sales. You can't have ammo online. Obviously, that would uh, cripple classic. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that that would cripple the entire industry. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you got to think about how many, I mean, tens of thousands, if not millions of employees uh, that are in. Uh, you know, let's just say the modern outdoor trade, right? And that's, you know, that could be firearms, that could be ammo, that could be whatever, whatever you could think of. And so if you can't do that online, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I mean, the one thing that they want to cancel gun shows are going to become the most, <laughs> the most <laughs> profitable business uh, model, you know? So it's like, what are you guys doing here? You're like, yeah, I feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot, you know, pun intended, you know? So that's how I feel about that. <laughs> Well, I, I don't understand why they're going after online retailers. They, I think that what they really don't understand is, and, and as an, for those that don't know who have never bought online, because there's a lot of people who ask that question, mm-hmm. how do I buy a gun online? We have a video on it. Go find their video. <laughs> um, link in the comments below. Um, but what the people don't understand and, and the government doesn't understand is, as classic, you sell the gun to individual A. Yeah. It has to go to an FFL dealer for the background check. That's right. And it doesn't go directly to the door. And depending on the state as well, the ammo cannot go directly to the door. Depending as well. on the state, yeah. yeah. Now there there are certain, you know, like like if it's a curio and relic, like a CNR yeah. eligible, and you hold a CNR license, and then yeah, that can be sent to your 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 door. But again, you're acting as if you are an FFL because you still have to have a license, right? It's not under the same scrutiny, but it is still a license that can be sent to you, and it has to be you know your signature, all that type of stuff, right? And you got to be an adult, and blah blah blah. Uh, but no, yeah, that's something, you know, again, for anybody that may not know, if you buy a firearm online, it still has to be sent to an actual gun shop unless you are an FFL holder. If you're the FFL, then yeah, we can send it right to you. That's all there is to it. But if you don't have a federal firearms license, then sorry, it's going to have to go to an FFL of your choosing. And believe me, we've got a list of a bunch of them. <laughs> we sell nationwide. Uh, so it's not difficult. We even offer local pickup. You know, just drive right down the street to one of our buddies' gun shops uh, and pick up the gun that you just purchased online 10 minutes ago. You know what I mean? Okay, well, give us a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but it's, it's, it's not a difficult thing, but it is regulated. And if we want to stay in business, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna abide, you know, because, again, it's not like we're, we are for profit. You know what I mean? And uh, so we got to do what, unfortunately, again, these overreaching agencies like the ATF says in order to keep our, keep dinner at the table. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, it's it's not the most difficult thing to do, but again, it's also not as easy as it should be. No, and you know, we 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 talked about we also talked about the pistol braces, and we we've seen them go door to door 
for the FRT triggers and all yeah. these other things. What's next? What are they going to try to go after next? I, it, I don't understand this assault on accessories. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. So, all right, let, let's go there, right? Because first of all, you got ATF agents that are going door to door that looks like they're using uh, steel targets as body armor. You know, if if that's the if that's the opposing force, I feel good about those odds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, I'm I'm just saying I'm not threatening violence on any federal agent or anything like that. But if you come knocking on my door, threatening violence, then get met with what you get met with. All right. But uh, with that being said, you've got people going door to door again, saying, "Hey, you don't have any record. You just have like, oh, perhaps you have this," and they say their wordage is, "If you have it, that's illegal." Okay. Bye. Have a nice day. Where's your warrant? You don't have one? Great. Bye. That's it. Turn them away. You know, and there's plenty of videos where people are saying exactly that. Like, I'm sorry, what are you here for? Oh, no comment. No comment. What, what are they going to do? You don't have a warrant? No comment. Get off my lawn. Have a nice day. Right? Maybe don't show up armed and wearing body armor. You know? There you go. <laughs> Quote, unquote, body armor. Yeah, that, right. <laughs> that may have happened in Phoenix, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so that's, and we can talk about the force reset triggers, wide open triggers, whatever, you know, because again, this was an ATF pr approved accessory uh, at one point in time. And it is not full auto. I've shot one. You know, I've shot one and I've got a little bit of time behind one. And I can tell you right now, it, it replicates a fast rate of fire, but it is not full auto. And there's also, when you talk about the actual mechanics of what a full auto is, it's multiple rounds per trigger pull. A forced reset, well, it forces the reset. Guess what there is? A reset. So that's, again, two mechanics, two mechanical operations taking place, not one, and multiple rounds being sent down range. So by their own definition, they're, they're dumb. You know, so they're, they're dumb like two ways here. You know, so it's like, dude, what, what are we doing here? You know, you're going back on your word for one, and then on the, your own definition, you're not even following well, I don't, I don't understand how they can write a letter going, yeah, this is great. And then the very next statement out of their mouth is, nah, we're good. No, yeah. that's illegal. Like, yeah. it, it's contradictory. Well, I don't, it's, well it's definitely, I mean, the, the whole organization is all about contradicting themselves. I mean, goodness gracious, right? Uh, they've, they've proven that time and time again. And, and they're also the type to say, you know, like, it's okay if we do it. But you can't because they're going to come with the same firearms that you are outlawed to own or that are so heavy regulated that they're near impossible to own. They're going to come to your door with those same firearms to confiscate what they believe you might have. That is the exact same thing that they have. I'm sorry. Are you better than me? Well, they, of course they believe they are. Yeah. How about that? Hmm. Well, if it wasn't for us, it wouldn't be for you either. You know, we, we are unfortunately the taxpayers funding our own uh, tyrannical agencies. <laughs> the 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 irony is is sickening, you know. So here we are. <laughs> what are you gonna say? I just need a second. All right. So we we've touched on policy stuff and things like that. Let's uh, get into some industry stuff. Okay. What do you see changing in the industry right now? What is new? What's the next? big thing in the industry in your opinion oh man oh well if you look at firearm um technology it's kind of remained the same uh for decades right and we're starting to see you know ultimately more of the same but really cool more of the same so for instance eugene stoner not only designed the ar-15 and the ar-10 which utilizes a direct impingement system but he also did the ar-180 which is a short stroke piston driven system right and a lot of people are like oh man the sig spear is a new new age thing and it's kind of like well it's not right because it's utilizing the same operating system that's you know decades old but it does have some cool modularity to it, things like that. So we're starting to see now the age of modularity, and we're seeing that everywhere we turn. Springfield Army just released the Echelon pistol, and it's to it's there to compete against the Sig 320. I mean, no doubt, right? And we even did a video comparing the Sig 320 to the Echelon, and I got to tell you, the Echelon's a very impressive uh, little pistol. Talking about the industry, however, we also know Springfield Armory's background when it comes to uh, not being exactly pro 2A in, in some cases, but I can tell you after speaking with employees of Springfield and Springfield Armory has come a long way, right? Which, which you know, so I'm, I'm happy to, to say that Springfield Armory, I, I believe, is actually pretty pro 2A now, at least some of their employees that I've talked to face-to-face. -to -face. Uh, but anyway, we're seeing the age of modularity and customization, which is really cool, and you're about to say something. Yeah, you know, Springfield Armory, I'm, you and I are probably the same friends, Mike Humphreys and all the guys over there. 
Mike is probably one of the nicest guys in the industry and just talking to them and things, same thing. They are very pro 2A. Yeah. Uh, I've had some trigger time with the echelon. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I will applaud them. They listen to their customers and yeah. did everything that they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and that's what I want to see is more companies going, not, hey, telling the customer what they need to buy. It's, Hey, we're going to listen to your input and we're going to do the undercut on the trigger guard and do everything. Dude, I, um, so, you know, we, even though we're in like a really unique position, Classic Firearms is, because not only are we a retailer, we're, yes, we are a business, right? But we're also not going to shill for anybody. If I see something screwy, then we're going to call it out, right? And FN, when they released the 509, I was like, this is a pretty cool pistol. But man, I, I was not too nice to it when it came to that trigger. I was like, how much is this gun? And this trigger feels like it was made by a kindergartner. You know, I'm like, this thing is gritty. It's uncomfortable. Maybe if I shoot it a thousand times and lube it up, it'll, it'll soften over a period of time. Okay, we'll see. I walk into FN's booth at SHOT Show this past year. They come up to me. They're shaking my hand. Clint, it's good to see you or whatever and all that type of stuff. It's like, by the way, we watch your videos. I was like, uh-oh, here it comes. I was like, I made an enemy and I love FN. I'm like, oh, crap. And they said, we want you to fill this gun. You talked smack about the 509 trigger. Well, here's the 510 and the 545, the new 10 mil and 45 caliber striker fired that they brought. And they're like, say, I like this trigger. We heard, we heard what you said about the 509 and I, dude, it's sweet. I got a, I got a 510 in my kit back home right now. So I'm like, this is, this is where it's at. And, uh, they even said on video, like, yeah, we, we listen to our consumers feedback. We listen to our customers. And this was something that a lot of people harped on, not just you, a lot of people harped on. And so it is really cool that Springfield Armory, that FN, that a lot of these different, you know, manufacturers, especially big name manufacturers where they don't need to listen to you, right? I mean, look at HK, right? They don't need to listen to us, right? And they don't. They still, they're never going to bring us the MP7 here in what? the United States. I was going to say, where, where's my MP7? <laughs> yeah, where's Come my, on. Where's my SP7, right? You know? <laughs> right? Actually, you know what? HK, do bring us the MP7 and just negate all NFA and Gun Control Act laws, and I'd be really happy. Uh, but anyway, so... You know, it's really cool that you got these bigger manufacturers that are actually going to listen to the feedback, right? And that's where I think the industry is really headed because long gone are the days where you can't listen to the consumer anymore because what's really cool about our market is we have options. Thank God for capitalism. We've got a lot of options. And thankfully, I'm in the business where I get to play with all of them. I'm not I'm not regulated or, or just set to one of them. You know what I mean? I don't have to push a SIG product because I work for SIG. I don't have to push FN because I work for FN or anything. I work for Classic Firearms. And my job is to make sure that we're we're ultimately providing feedback. Like, hey, if you're looking for a new defensive pistol, here's what Springfoot Army just came out with. Here's how it compares to the number one on the market, right? And I would compare it to a Glock, but Glock has been doing Glock for, you know, the same thing for the past several decades. And what's what's new? Oh my gosh, they made a Glock 17 that, that takes a Glock 19 recoil assembly. Golly, <laughs> that's the most innovative thing I've seen in a long time. You know what I mean? Clint, what are you talking about? It's perfection. It's the fifth gen of fifth generation of perfection, right? <laughs> but here's the thing about Glock, though. There is no arguing, no debating that if you don't screw with it, it's probably the most reliable pistol in the world. Right. You know, I mean, there's there's no debating that. But then you take a Canic for a fraction of the cost and a much better trigger and performs just as well, if not better, and looks better. All of a sudden you're like, man, this Turkish import's pretty freaking sweet. And I love Canic. You know, I've got, I've got, I got several of my own, you know? And so, you know, I, I love, here's what I love about the industry. And I guess the biggest thing that's coming is honestly, it's, it's listening to the, to the consumer. Uh, then again, there's other manufacturers out there that kind of do something. You're like, did anybody ask for that? And I'm talking about POF with their nine millimeter magazine fed lever gun. I don't <laughs> remember anybody asking for that. Cool factor is up there, but what do I do with it? <laughs> yeah, I got to I got to run POFs in my backyard, so I got yeah. to go run that thing. Cool factors there. I I love the guys at POF. I'm good friends with Cody and, and uh, all the guys over there. Same thing though. It, it, who asked for it? It's dope. It's yeah. fun. It's a great range toy. Uh, but you know, and we're seeing that from a couple other companies. They're coming yeah. out with things. You're like, what? What? Why? Yeah. Well, nobody asked for this. But you know, it, it's cool to see that they're trying. And this is what we limit ourselves in this box sometimes. And you're like, why? When somebody comes out with something outside of the box, you're like, why? Who asked yeah. for this? Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, okay, well, you're thinking outside of the box. Let's see what this turns into like two, three gents down the road. Right. Well, it's it's by that same token. You're kind of like, you, I always harp like, man, there's no innovation. Then somebody does something like that. And I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. This is exactly what I asked for. 
but uh, you know, it's it, is it though? It's it's magazine fed. That's not new. It's a lever gun. That's really not new. It's nine millimeter. That's super not new. You know, it's like uh, make make it ten mil. That would be kind of cool. Oh, make yeah. it a make make. Oh man, there's an idea. Lever guns have a serious cool factor. If you were to make a ten mil magazine fed lever gun, Henry, you listening? That would be freaking <laughs> cool. You know, I I would make it take drum mags too. <laughs> so um, obviously a huge part of what you do is content. Um, can you walk us through what you've seen as far as the demographic change and who's commenting mm-hmm. on your videos? Mm-hmm. Cause we've had a massive increase in gun ownership in the U S and I would yes, love to see how that's translating for you guys yeah. and, and what you kind of see as that trend line. Yeah, so absolutely. So we definitely see an uptick in minority ownership, right? Uh, we've seen it also a huge uptick with uh, female gun ownership. And I got to tell you, I, I applaud all these different, I applaud anybody that's willing to go out there, learn, click on our YouTube channel, learn, and then go out there and actually buy based off of an educated choice, right? Or, you know, or based off of education and not just saying, oh, that's pretty, I'm going to buy it or, or whatever else, or, oh, that looks cool, I'm going to buy it. Um, kind of like also too, not to go too far off base there, but kind of like voting also, people actually do their <laughs> do their research and find out who they're voting for and not just because they have an R or D next to the name. I applaud you guys doing that too. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we are seeing a huge increase in firearm ownership. Yes, the industry as of right now though is pretty freaking slow. It's summertime. It just is what it is. Hopefully Black Friday hits. People want to start doing some gift giving and things like that. That's where, uh, you know, if you truly want to make somebody happy, get them a gun for Christmas. You know what I mean? It's legal to do, by the way. It is legal to gift a firearm. Uh, but anyway, Granted, certain states might have certain things to say, but as a whole, it's it's legal. <laughs> if, if either of our spouses are listening to this, you know our gift ideas for this year, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I know I harp on the scar a lot, but I would love one. Thanks, honey. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, just make sure it's one of the new ones without the reciprocating charging handle. If you get me a reciprocating charging handle scar, we're going to have issues. Anyways, um, uh, and FN, by the way, also listen to that. Talk about customer feedback. They... They knew how much right. I gave crap to the FN scar about having a reciprocating charging handle. And they said, hey, hold this. Hey, rack it. Hey, push it forward. I was like, oh, it doesn't <laughs> They're like, yeah, we know. We, we finally listened. I was like, cool. It took you 10 years. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we, def- we definitely saw, as we all know, I'll go back to COVID, right? Because now everybody's at home. They were watching. They were bored. We put out the 860 videos consecutively of, of you know, our content. And it got to the point where, you know, I have gray hair underneath this hat. I legitimately, you know, have hair. <laughs> but um, it was because of all those videos, I now have gray hair. But it was also because of all those videos, people were doing a lot more research. And during that time, people were at home. People were concerned about their safety. They had loved ones at home now. They had children and everything else. And we also started to see a, a, an increase of despair. What happens when people get desperate, they, they result to crime, right? And so now people are out of jobs. They're kicking in doors, and we saw a huge increase in home invasions, home invasions with multiple attackers or invaders. Now, all of a sudden, people are saying, I might need more than just my single stack nine, my Ruger LCP. I might need more than that. Dare I actually look at getting an AR-15? And I have actually had more black women ask me, I want to get an AR-15. I see what's happening in society. I see the dangers that are existing. What do you recommend? And a lot of them are older, are much older. Like, we're talking 50s, 60s. And it's like, I think I... I, I see how you shoot one and you don't make it look all that difficult. I know you're younger and you got a lot of experience, but it, it looks pretty tolerable. And I'm like, dude, let go to the range, go to the range. In fact, if you're local, let's you and me, let's go to the range. Let's do it. I'm not going to charge you for range time or anything like that. I'm not going to charge you for my time. This, I love this stuff, you know? Um, uh, and so I've seen a huge increase in not only, you know, just basic gun ownership, but we're talking, ARs. We're talking, you know, stuff that a lot of people want to want to convince you are are scary, right? But there's a reason why I consider the AR-15 America's rifle, and you know, I have an entire video on that too. And uh, you know, I've been I've been interviewed about it even, uh, and and people talk to you know have asked me like, why do you think that? And you guys can watch the video. I don't need to harp harp on it here to a bunch of people that probably agree with that statement. Uh, but yes, we have seen minorities, different demographics, uh, men and women. We've seen a lot of younger generations getting into it. In fact, this past week uh, we just shot um, our part two top ten guns from Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. And so we're dipping into that because obviously Call of Duty has a real heavy gun play. I mean, it makes sense, right? 
And now all of a sudden these younger kids are starting to get into it. And so, yeah, we want to actually go ahead and start molding those young minds, right? To not only be well-versed in, in the capabilities that a rifle, you know, what rifles are capable of, but also, dude, let's educate you. Let's get you smart. So that way, the first time you see one of these things, oh, hey, I know to clear the chamber. Dude, I have been so impressed seeing like literal like 12, 13 year olds walk into a gun shop and they're handed a firearm like, hey, you know, check this out. And what do they do? They clear it. I'm like, somebody did some good parenting. And then this one kid's like, I just watch a lot of YouTube videos and everybody says this is one of the things you're supposed to do. I'm like, they're going through the motions because they're seeing it being emulated and they're emulating what they see. Right. And so if we do this where we make it fun, entertaining, educational, and safe, now all of a sudden we're molding those future minds to be like, hey, these aren't scary guns that need to be banned. These are tools for the responsible citizen. Man, that's, that's what I think is cool. So we're starting to see younger generations get more and more involved and, uh, and definitely, again, more minorities. In my live streams, I definitely get um, a lot of black men in there talking to me. Uh, one guy, uh, Daryl Rostick, he's awesome. He's he's starting his own AR-15 company and everything, Rostick Arms. And he's like, dude, all I want is your feedback. I just I just want your feedback on that, you know. And he's taking pride in in what he does. And again, I'm starting to see now it's not even gun ownership. It's I want to start my own business. So now all of a sudden we're influencing entrepreneurs. Dude, this is cool. This is going in a much cooler direction than I thought it was going to go. I thought it was just going to be like, hey, stay strapped, right? No, now it's, I want to make generational wealth through firearms. I'm like, mm, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. That's the America I want to live in. Well, I love how you mentioned, you know, you have a lot of women asking for AR-15s and yeah. things like that. Gone are the days, and I'm hoping gone are the days, of the pink gun, the... Uh, Amen. The, the, the money girl. The snub <laughs> Say it louder. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> The, oh. the leopard print snub nose revolver and all that. You yes. Know. Oh yeah, the little uh, the, the little Smith and Wesson J frame, little, yeah. little pink grip, three to seven magnum. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The best day, and I think I've said this like five or six <laughs> times this week, is going into a a gun store and not being handed a pink or a Tiffany blue gun, mm -hmm. but actually being asked questions on what are you looking for, how would you like to use it, and what would you like to see. And letting you, the, the individual, be in the driver's seat. Yeah. Because that was not my first experience no. or my second or my third, fourth, fifth time. It, it's just, it was such a different system when I started working um, and, and learning and, and being a part of the Second Amendment community. Well, gone are the days. And this is what I'm hoping. And we're seeing it from the industry from their side, listening to the consumer. Gone are the day or the good old boys sitting behind the counter drinking four pots of coffee and, and sitting around to now actually educating their customers, teaching their customers things, asking them the, uh, the questions using fab or feature advantage benefit and all that stuff. It's great to see that we've, we've moved away from stereotypes. Being, uh, yeah. Stereotypes yeah. and being an inclusive community and bringing people in. And we've, we've talked about it multiple times about how you go to the range and, you know, Clint's got the scar sitting there because Clint's got all the cool stuff. And I walk over and I'm like, hey, is that a scar? And he goes, hey, yeah, you want to shoot a mag? You know, we, those are the days that we're seeing now yeah. of how everybody is super excited to go to the range where before it was like, you need a 1911 two world wars. That's why. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually wanted to say, don't not, I don't mean to cut you off, but before I forget, because my mind works that way. Um, what was about the age of the associate assisting you at this gun shop? Oh, gosh. Uh, the first one I went to, probably 50, 50 and plus. It w was that the one that suggested, you know, 357 Magnum type of stuff or a revolver? Or was, no. Uh, so, the, all right, so, so the gun shop where they actually recommended, like, they asked you all the questions. Oh, that was way, way not. The very first time I went to a yeah. gun store, mm -hmm. um, I think every woman left with a 380. Like, that oh was just, like, that was oh your God. option. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... The, the first probably five guns he handed me were pink, dark oh, pink, God. light pink, blue, purple. I'm cringing. Like On that was. I've cringed this entire. I've heard this story a few times. I'm cringing. Like I that still was, cringe. that was the options. Um, and like I had to, to negotiate almost. Yeah. Um, my dad came with me. He's a great dad. Um, but I was like, no, can, can I see the, the like the, the silver and black one right here? Like Did, I, I'm uh, not. 
did the associate talk to your dad as a for you? Like, right, you know, like, 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 here's what she'll want and type of thing. No, no, he actually, he actually had a conversation. No, with he, you? he had a conversation with me. I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit on that. All right. um, there's one point. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see what the final grade is, but, um, no, he, he talked to me. Um, but it was, it was very, uh, it was very interesting, you know, what, what he presented at first. Now, once we got more comfortable in the conversation and he, he realized like what kind of person I am once I, I started asking to see different ones, he finally was like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's, let's go here. Let's, let's see what fits. Let's, um, what, what's in your budget? I was a college yeah. student. I did not have unlimited funds. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, in a situation like that, just ask him like, can I actually see the uh, 50 Action Express Desert, Desert Eagle? When he hands it to you, he goes like, oh, I've seen bigger and just walks away. You know? <laughs> 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 um, but um, I will, I will give him credit about this. Like once I was sharing with him my story, um, the fact that there had been a shooting in the apartment complex that mm. I was living in, um, you know, he took training very seriously was, you know, made sure that I had, you know, extra ammo to go shoot for the first time. It was my very first time uh, uh, shooting a pistol. The, the only thing I had shot before I actually purchased my first firearm was my dad's shotgun. Yeah. Like, I, I was not, like, some, like, well-versed, um, been-around-guns-my-whole-life person. It was, like, the standard issue for Tennessee. Your parents had a shotgun and a revolver. Like, that, that was the world I grew up in. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he ended up being helpful, but the reaction when you first walk in of yeah. just like, oh, this is what you want. And how, how old were you? 21. 21. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Let's go ahead and start wrapping up. Sure. Go, go ahead and pitch your socials. Where can they find you? Yeah. You know, classicfirearms.com, <laughs> all the above. Oh, yeah, sure. No, I appreciate it, guys. So, yeah, I mean, social media is already a pain to work with and everything else. So, of course, we're shadow banned on everything. I know that they'll say shadow banning doesn't exist, but we know it does. And uh, so you can find us at Classic Firearms at Classic Firearms Official. It's a lot, and you have to type it in perfectly. Well, it's, we're not going to come up, and I'm sure there's plenty of posers out there and things like that. So make sure you type it in correctly. We've got uh, Classic Firearms on YouTube, of course, Rumble also, Twitter, all that type of stuff. Me personally, if you guys find me somewhat interesting, I don't know why you would, Magdump underscore Morgan is where you can find me, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that type of fun stuff. But thank you guys again, and I just want to sign out with, you know, again, just like how I began, uh, hashtag repeal the NFA, repeal the GCA, and abolish the ATF. Save a pup. Save a pup, that's for sure. <laughs> Guys, thank you for watching. Make sure to like, share, subscribe. Give us five stars for uh, here on the podcast to help us with the algorithm. Push us up there so more people can watch this type of content. Make sure you go to gunowners.org, sign up, become a member, $25 for the year. That's to help support us fight for your Second Amendment rights. Thank you again for watching and have a great rest of your day.